Hey, are you feeling a little boggled down by your traditional dental app? Maybe you're ready to make the leap into the digital age, but don't know where to start. Well, don't worry, because today we're going to give you the lowdown on a lab that's changing the game when it comes to crown and bridge work. Say hello to Dandy. Picture this. You're in the middle of prepping a patient's tooth for a crown when suddenly you realize that the traditional lab process is just too time consuming and frankly, a bit outdated. Enter Dandy, your dental lab superhero, ready to rescue you from the clutches of inefficiency and help you embrace the future. With Dandy, you get a seamless digital workflow that transforms your practice, making it more efficient and precise. Whether you're working with full contour zirconia, layered zirconia, PFM, or full cast crowns, Dandy has got you covered. But wait, there is more. Dandy isn't just about providing top-notch crowns and bridges. They're also here to guide you through the entire process, from case planning to digital design and even 3D printing. And the best part, their team of experts is always ready to offer support and advice, ensuring that you and your patients receive only the highest quality dental restoration. So are you ready to ditch the traditional lab experience and join the digital revolution? Then it's time to give Dandy a try. Head on over to meetdandy.com forward slash TDM to learn more about their cutting edge services and how they can help you take your crown and bridge game to the next level. Remember, in their ever-evolving world of dentistry, it's crucial to stay ahead of the curve. And with Dandy, you'll be doing just that, all while providing top quality care for your patients. So what are you waiting for? Check out meetdandy.com forward slash TDM today and let Dandy elevate your dental practice. And all TDM listeners and viewers, so that's you, you'll get $250 in lab credits and a free intraoral scanner. So click the first link in the show notes below or the description below to check it out. Check out Dandy and their exclusive deal they have going on right now just for you. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias, and today I'm speaking with Amy Murray. The patient is going to tell the hygienist more than they're going to tell the doctor sometimes. So what we like to do is we like to have the hygienist, uh, after they do the tour of the mouth, that they specifically write down things and they also tell the patient, hey, look, you know, I'm a little bit concerned. I see some things here, but let's confer with the doctor. When the doctor comes in, it's super important that there's going to be an introduction. Even though that doctor has probably seen Mrs. Jones umpteen times, it's still great for the hygienist to say, you know, uh, Dr. Cedar, today we're seeing Mrs. Jones. And what I saw with Mrs. Jones was X, Y, and Z. I'm curious about this. Could you please take a look at this? And then to go in if there's perio concerns or anything of that nature. From there, the doctor's going to do their dance. But the doctor is listening to the hygienist. That's the beauty of it. She has over 22 years of experience in dentistry as an assistant, manager, and coach, and Amy has truly seen it all. 
She holds a degree in applied sociology and now works as a dental coach to help others in the industry improve their skills and practices. And with her love of sociology and human interaction, she shows us the importance of active listening and truly hearing your patient's concerns. She also stresses the value of cover letters in revealing a candidate's personality and values, not just their qualifications on a resume. And we dive deeper on that. And as a dental coach and prior front desk administrator, she knows the significance of acknowledging patients when they walk in the door. Even a simple smile and wave can make a difference. And Amy understands the crucial role communication plays in the patient experience, especially between the hygienist and doctor. So we've dived much deeper on that with detail. And if you're looking to motivate your team, she suggests adding workshops and activities to your meetings. And we discuss the type of workshops and activities that will have worked best in her opinion. And if you're feeling stuck and need some fresh perspective, she recommends considering a third-party coach to help grow your practice. And we discuss why. Uh, that added perspective can really help, as you guys know, who have hired a coach. So we're excited to hear more from Amy about her experiences and insights in the world of dentistry. So without further delay, here is Amy Murray. Amy, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. If you don't mind me asking, where are you located right now? I'm actually in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. So right outside of Denver. Nice. Okay. Wonderful. So if you can, tell us a little bit about your past, your present. How'd you get to where you are today? Well, let's see. I've been in dentistry 25 years. Um, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been in dentistry 25 years and it's pretty exciting. I started off as a dental assistant and then I moved my way over into administrative roles. So I was a treatment plan coordinator, receptionist, financial coordinator, moved myself up to an office manager, decided at one point in my life, I wanted to go back to college and get my bachelor's degree and become a dentist. And that didn't work out very well. I actually fell in love with the topic of sociology, applied sociology, and so that's what I got my degree in. As soon as I graduated from the University of Tampa, I went back into dentistry. And so I was a patient concierge for a fee-for-service period practice in Tampa. Absolutely loved it. Um, from there, I had an opportunity to move to Colorado and became a technology advisor. So I'd go into dental offices. I would teach about EgoSoft, conversions, um, digital CAD CAM training. And then from there, I started my consulting role. I uh, took a little bit of a time of a break and worked for a sleep apnea company for devices and integrations into practice. And now I'm back dental coaching and consulting. Okay. Wow. So you were able to, you did technology training? I did. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So that's interesting. A, a lot of this. So then go back to applied sociology. That's what yeah. you started falling in love with more. Why? Oh, well, I took a class in inorganic chemistry, not once, but twice. And so we disagreed. It didn't agree with me. I took a class because I had to fulfill it in sociology. And my professor walked in and uh, he didn't look like the normal professor. And so I, I sat back and I opened myself up to this class. And what I loved about it is that it allowed me to learn more about race, ethnic, backgrounds, gender, um, age. And it really breaks it down into how societies work and how they function with one another. And it's so applicable as to what I do today. Okay. Okay. So then, so what you do today, how does those two mesh together? Oh, how do they correlate? Well, 
You know, every day as a dental consultant is something new. So in saying that, I have wonderful clients that I work with. They're, they're, they're the best in the business, I feel. And what I love about them is they are female, they're male, they're different age brackets. They come from different backgrounds. And their personal influences their professional, where they went to dental school, where they did their undergrad. And so having this sociology background, I can help in understanding how they want to grow their business and also the element of their team member. Team members come from so many different backgrounds. It's like a melting pot. So to be able to really understand them and the ways of communication and how different cultures, genders, ages blend, that's how you get a beautiful practice. So that's why I see they've kind of correlated. Okay, gotcha. So this all kind of stems from the, so how does that apply when you're hiring? I guess the team, you're finding a team member, you're looking for them. We don't, I mean, do we want to look at their like, oh, okay, tell me more about your upbringing or how does that work? So, you know, it's quite interesting. I love the hiring process that we do with the agency. Uh, we place an ad, it's typically on Indeed. When um, individuals are applying, we do ask for them to place a cover letter because a resume only shows me where you work and what your job responsibilities are. A cover letter is huge. That's you telling me with your verbiage who you are, where you excel, what's your background. I, I love a cover letter. That's just wonderful for me. After I receive that, I actually call the doctor, or the, I call the applicant. And the first question I ask them is, tell me a little bit about yourself. Such a really simple question. However, it's very powerful. Whenever I ask that question, I'm not really focusing on the personal. I want to hear about your business. I want to hear how you you know, grown your career, where are you, things of that nature. Then I'll ask for them, what's important for you in a dental practice? To be a part of a team, what is important to you? So I capitalize on those things. From there, I actually ask them if I can send them what's called a DISC assessment. And the DISC assessment actually helps me learn what is the best way that they like to communicate. Okay, so there's like a system to it, a strategy. Yeah, very much so. When it comes to the cover letter to you, what are things you look at where this is a wonderful, uh, this is, should be framed cover letter or one that's like, this is nothing. This doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful uh, question. So in a cover letter, what I want to look for is A, that you can spell. That's huge, right? And grammatically, you know, actually how to place those punctuations. Because think about it in our industry right now and dentistry. We do a lot of emails. We do a lot of text messages as well. So grammatically, uh, you want to be on point. Also, you want to have a beautiful tonality as well. I want something that's really going to strike me. So what are the words that you're using? How are you capitalized on describing yourself? What strong uh, verbiage and powerful words are you putting in there for me to be like, okay, this person actually has like much better, much better stepped up the game. So that's what I look for. Okay. So it isn't, there's no length that you're also looking for. Like, oh, it has to be like 10. Oh, no. No. I always say, show me what you have. Show me who you are. And why is it that you are wanting to apply for this position? Okay. That's interesting. So then you, after you decided, we rewind a little bit back to you. You went to applied sociology, you learned, and then you decided to go into some 
positions where you're, you know, teaching technology, a rep and things like that. And then you switched to consulting. I did. Why? I did. I was actually in a training class. I was training a uh, Ubersoft software. And I had this beautiful person named Marissa Nicholson join in on my training. I had no idea who she was. <laughs> and she watched me train uh, her client and her client's um, team members. She took me aside afterwards and she said, oh my gosh, she has such a plethora of knowledge, not only about the software, you were giving tips and tricks about how to run an administrative role. I said, yes. I said, well, that's what I used to do in my past. And she said, have you ever thought about dental coaching and dental consulting? I was flabbergasted. I said, wow, you think that I'm good enough for that? She said, I think you're amazing. Okay. And so we started working together at that point. And it's been a beautiful friendship and a professional relationship since then. And so that was the kickstart, the inspiration, the motivation to go into that. Yeah. Interesting. Now, when it comes to an administrative role, you said, because that's, I would say that's your Forte, would that be your area of expertise? Yes, that uh, preservation of culture and the practice, communication. Oh, yes. Okay. So when, it, well, two questions. But the first one, when it comes to a, an administrative role, break it down for us. What are some things we need to absolutely have to create that system for an administrative role? And then what are some things that are not as important that we feel maybe are highlighted too much in social media or other stuff? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Uh, I would have to say for an administrative role, what's super important is for somebody to greet patients, answer the phone with a smile, put a smile on your face, you change your physiology. It's amazing the verbiage and the tonality that comes out of your mouth. So I always think that it's somebody who is charismatic, who's very positive, who wants to be there and who wants to be a team member. They want to learn. From there, I would say open communication. I feel as though in our administrative roles right now, we don't have a lot of people that are considered active listeners. We have a lot of people that want to talk over, talk over the patient. The patients are calling you because they need you. And you need to be the active listener. Ask powerful and appropriate questions. Make sure that you're hearing what the patient has to say. Repeat back to the patient what you heard them say to make sure you're capturing it so eloquently and then take care of what the need is that the patient's asking for. Gosh, what powerful and appropriate questions can you like prep us for that normally happen? Definitely. I always like to first, I thank patients who call. So if it is calling Dr. Cito's office, You want to greet them and you want to say, thank you for choosing Cedo Family Dentistry. This is Amy. I can help you. It's powerful in that introduction because A, it identifies, you know, who I am. Thank you so much for choosing us. You could choose anybody. And I'm the person that's going to be able to help you. From there, I like to ask them, well, typically at that point, they tell me what it is that they need. So I'm quiet until it's appropriate for me to ask the next question. I always like to ask, are you a patient of record? And if they say, yes, I've been there before, that's awesome. If they say, no, I've never seen this dentist before, I said, that's great. Welcome to your new dental home. I'm very happy to take care of you. How can I best support you? Or how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And then from there, again, I'm an active listener. I listen to what the patient says and what it is that they need. 
if they're calling for a traditional trophy appointment, cleaning appointment, or if they need to get in and have their emergency met, then I'm asking a more key question. What are you feeling? Can you describe to me? What location of the mouth is it? So I like to ask all those fun key questions. It's like an onion. You want to pull back the layers and keep asking and asking until you get exactly what it is. Nice. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, Amy, I remember when I was in the front, sometimes it would be like I'm rushing it. You know what I mean? The phone drinking, somebody just walked in and I'm like, okay, even though we have another front office. And so when it comes to asking questions, two things I feel like it made me realize is one, uh, I'm rushing it. And the second It's like, hey, how's everything coming along? Is it good? Is it bad? I'm, I'm giving them options to answer instead of being comfortable with the silence. So how can we be better with comfortable with, you know what I mean? Like asking them a question and then shutting up. And then the second thing would be, um, how do we handle not rushing it? Definitely not rushing it. Um, it it's hard, right? That's a double-edged sword, especially being in um, a very busy practice uh, as an administrator. You have people walking in. You have people giving you handoffs from the back. Uh, You have other lines that are ringing. I always like to say that when a patient walks in, you should acknowledge them. Acknowledge them with your eyes, even if you're on the phone. Acknowledge them with their hand uh, and smile. So they know you're going to be with them momentarily. What's most important, especially if there is a new patient on the phone, you never, ever, ever want to stop that conversation. That's why I initially asked in the beginning, are you a patient of record or are you a new patient? If they're a patient of record and I have all these other things that are happening, I am very candid with the patient of record and say, you are extremely important to me. Could you please tell me what I can do to help you? And then if it's something that I can call them back, I will gladly take their number and let them know. I will call you back in the next five to 10 minutes. You've got to hold it to your word though. Mm-hmm. You've got to call them back five to 10 minutes. If it's a new patient, I'll simply roll through and do what I need to do. Um, I also would hope that I would have strong enough administrators and team members that are cross-trained, that if I'm focused on something, they can also help. But I believe that if you just simply smile and acknowledge and let people know, they generally get that cue and know that you will be with them as quickly as possible. Gotcha. Okay. So it involves also like letting the team members know, kind of, right? Maybe, would you recommend like having like, uh, a signal or something when you're feeling like, okay, I have too much going on, and, you know, <laughs> or, or what do you yeah. think? Yeah, you could actually, I mean, we use this for hygiene all the time with the agency, which I love. We have a uh, different colored card. So what that means is we have green. If things are going good, there's, there's no, there's, there's not a lot of time that I'm going to be on this phone call. We have yellow. Yellow is like, oh, this is a little bit tricky. Patients asking a couple of questions. And then we have red. Oh my gosh, they have a whole lot of things that they want to get across to us. So what you can do is you can have those series of cards. And as somebody walks up without you mouthing anything, miss what the patient's saying, you can easily slide over a card. And and so they know. Now Mm -hmm. that's a visual cue. And then they can know that if it's yellow or red, hey, I need to take care of this patient. Our administrator is really focused. Okay, I like that. The card situation. Yeah. I feel like whenever you're stuck in a situation when you're with a team and you're having a hard time, there should be like a signal or something. something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There totally should be. There should be. So uh, we help our teams with that. So it's just a fun idea. 
Nice. That's wonderful. And so then you also mentioned one of your area of expertise is maintaining the team culture. Mm-hmm. And so first, how do we even find the, like I, for example, I'm just going to give you an example. Like if I yeah. go, Amy, I want my culture to be happy. Do we do, how do we go from there? What do we sure, figure out? Sure. So of course I'm going to ask you, what does happy mean to you? Like, give me some more words. That's just a real general um, description. So I said, give me some more words, more specific. Are you looking for team members? Are you wanting to preserve something that people are excited to come to work every day? That you're going to be excited to, um, I don't know, answer the phone every day. Things of that nature, right? So the way that we go about preservation for positive culture in a practice is we actually do what's called observation with the agency, which I love. Because this allows us to be able to float from front to back. We watch admin side. We watch our DAs with our doctors. We watch hygiene. And we do this because there are certain key words that we want to see how the teams are interacting with each other. And then also with the patients. So that's huge. Not only do we do the observations, we're very candid. We give great feedback, constructive feedback to our team members and to our doctors as well to accelerate that. We also provide monthly team meetings, which uh, we as the business coaches and consultants, we run those. And what I love about them is that we have an agenda. We do fun workshops. We focus on communication. We do disc presentations. So we'll take disc off of everybody and we'll do a fun presentation on that. Um, We'll actually talk about better strategies of how information is given and received by team members as well. Okay. So then when it comes to the observation part, what are some things you've seen that you can share with us? Like the three most common, this is what happens and this is the solution for why we can stop making that happen when it comes to a problem. Yeah. So definitely one of the things that we like to observe is the handoff. Those are critical, right? We like to know exactly uh, that. The hygiene, I'm going to use hygiene, for example, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Hygienist is in with the patient, right? It's a very, uh, it's like a dance of a relationship, right? The, the patient is going to tell the hygienist more than they're going to tell the doctor sometimes. So what we like to do is we like to have the hygienist, uh, after they do the tour of the mouth, that they specifically write down things and they also tell the patient, hey, look, you know, I'm a little bit concerned. I see some things here, but let's confer with the doctor. When the doctor comes in, it's super important that there's going to be an introduction. Even though that doctor has probably seen Mrs. Jones umpteen times, it's still great for the hygienist to say, you know, uh, Dr. Cedar, today we're seeing Mrs. Jones. And what I saw with Mrs. Jones was X, Y, and Z. I'm curious about this. Could you please take a look at this? And then to go in if there's perio concerns or anything of that nature. From there, the doctor is going to do their dance, but the doctor is listening to the hygienist. That's the beauty of it, right? But the hygienist is actually pointing out areas. And from there, what I love is that the doctor is going to confer, yep, you know, you are exactly right. I see what you're seeing. Let's go ahead and get this patient scheduled. I'll see you in the next week, two weeks. There's a time and urgency set to that appointment. So now the patient's not, the patient has heard what they need to have done, not once, but twice. And then the third time is when they're handed off from the hygienist to the administrator. So the patient is now hearing what they need three times. 
this is a beautiful dance because us as humans, we don't listen to things. We don't grasp them at the one time. So by the time we're up front and we're ready to get a point in, we're now hearing it three times. And we know that there is an urgency because the doctor has placed that. So that really helps in the scheduling a segment of practices. Mm, it helps finalize it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, to, to get it in there. Interesting. So do you ever feel, Amy, when you're doing the observations, like team members act or perform kind of thing in front of you, right? And then they go back to like, cause it, I mean, somebody watching, somebody's watching me. So I'm like, I got to turn it on. And then maybe like somebody else is like, Amy, he really doesn't act like that around here. He just, you know what I mean? Does that happen? Oh, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Um, a lot of times, myself, uh, Marissa Nicholson and Chris Hamblebaugh, the main coaches, uh, we actually don't do a lot of the observations. We have our administrators. We have two administrators, Agnia and Alexa, who actually go in on our behalf because we know how our team members act. So if it's a different set of eyes, they might get a different reaction as well. You know, we're human, and we go straight into our automatic. It's what we know. And if we know that somebody's watching us, like we said, we can step up our game a little bit, and then we kind of fall back. Um, we definitely go in. We try not to let everybody know that we're coming in so we can actually see them in their natural uh, capabilities and where they land. Some of the times it's inevitable if they see us, they see us. Uh, but a lot of times what we do like to do is kind of go in on the stealth mode and a different set of eyes might get a different return. So, Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So then how can we main, we figured out how we can find the culture. How do we maintain it? Maintaining. So it's critical to have those monthly team meetings. A lot of offices, the moment you say, oh, let's have a meeting, all of a sudden people are like, no, I don't want to have a meeting because it's death by PowerPoint or there's people complaining. And that's no fun, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I always like to say team meetings need to be motivated. Be transparent with your team about your numbers. We use a great digital software platform called a, a Dental Intel. And I love Dental Intel. It only works with certain softwares. However, it will take what's in that software and put it in a dashboard um, metric. And so doctors are really transparent with their teams, and you're going to get the best out of your teams. Now, they're also held accountable for daily goals for doctor and hygiene as well. From there, I always like to do what I like to call personal and professional check-in. So give me one, one of each, and everybody around the room does that, and I love it. Because a lot of times our teams don't have time to get to know each other. So everybody shares something great that's happened with them personally and professionally. Very clear about numbers. Uh, and then I'll actually bring in a workshop. Workshops are huge. You can go on YouTube and actually Google different type of inspirational videos. Renee Brown is one of our favorites. And you can pull from what she's saying. And you can actually make that into a really small workshop your team powerful questions, have them work together. And that is beautiful because at the end of the day, you're preserving that culture because you're teaching everybody how to properly communicate. Yeah. What have been some amazing workshops that you've done, Amy? Well, I love DISC. DISC is my favorite. We make it really fun. We actually use the movie Shrek as a part of our DISC presentation mm -hmm. because uh, you have the dominant person, you have the 
other person who's very interactive. You have the one that needs stability and the one that needs consistency. And uh, so this has to be my absolute favorite. Second would be Braving uh, by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. It's actually teaching everybody how to trust a team member and how a person needs to be what's called a bolt. And when you tell somebody something who is a bolt, you know that they are going to take whatever you say to their grave. And so I love that one as well. And it's really learning how to trust one another, which a lot of times is a work in progress. Can you give us some steps right now on how we can tell our team, like, you need to trust, you need to trust Susie, Bill. Like, you know what I mean? How can we, (laughs) what are some things we can do? Well, definitely, I always say, if you have an upset with somebody, you have to go directly to that person, right? And you have to clear the air. A lot of times it's very difficult to do. We do teach people how to do that so they feel comfortable in their own skin and to be able to go to that person. We also like to talk about how in breathing that it's super important to know when you set that positive culture in the practice and you know that I can go and I can talk to this person and this person is not going to Uh, take what I say, take it out of context, share it with other people. Um, We teach them that you'll have a beautiful friendship and professionalism for the rest of your life, right? And it's really, it's learning to like and love each other. And that disc plays an important role because it's how, how can I read that person? Are they very direct? Are they mostly like a high eye and they just want to chat, 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 chat? They're not going to be my active listener. So it's really understanding the disc part and establishing those parameters and boundaries um, for giving and receiving information. And the, the three all work together so beautifully. Nice. When you do these workshops and assessments, or even before that, what do you do when you notice there's a team member who you're like, you don't fit, man. Like you just don't, you're, you're negative or something. Like what, what happens yeah. with that? Oh, those are what I like to call crucial conversations, right? Mm. Uh, You even see it outside of the team meeting. You can pretty much pick it up pretty quickly, right? Um, What I like to do, I always like to believe in the beauty of everyone. I will ask the doctor if it's okay for me to take that team member aside. And really one-on-one, I'll ask the team member, are you doing okay? That's the first thing I'll ask them. If they say, yes, I'm doing fine. Say, okay, well, I've noticed that there's a little bit of um, you're not being your best self. And what I mean by that is I see so much beauty in you. How corny does that sound, right? Let <laughs> me just say that. I see the beauty in you. It's true, though. Because, look, I just said it to you and you smiled and you laughed, mm-hmm. right? It made you feel good. I see the beauty in you. And I can see that you are so much more than what you're giving right now. So how can I get the very best out of you? And usually once I do that, even if people are the highest in their D category of dominance, I can get a pretty good response back and I kind of figure out what's going on with them. Gotcha. Also, you normally see that in the dominance, like people who are like, you know what? Do you think it's (laughs) that because it's like somebody else is coming into here and I run it kind of thing or or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of the types. My high Ds, I love them. Each category has a special place in my heart. But the high knees, they're going to tell you what they need and what they want. 
and yeah. everything else just doesn't really matter to them. It's okay. They have a special place in this world to teach them to be more open and better communicators. That's where I kind of land when I ask them those questions. Gotcha. I have a question for you then, because yeah. I guess, what do you do? When, what is the best way? If you can tell like the listeners, this will help facilitate the coach coaching consultant team or coaching consultant practice so much easier if you do these steps. If you don't, you're going to put the blame on me or you're going to put the blame on somebody else. You're just not going to see the results you want. What would help with that? Well, I would say definitely uh, look at a dental coach, right? They are, I know a lot of doctors are like, gosh, you know, I have, I have so many overhead expenses and, and it can be costly. I understand that. Hiring a dental coach is taking a third-party person who is actually looking for the betterment of you, for the betterment of your practice, and keeping your team sustainable. And that's huge. I feel as though uh, bringing somebody on board who has the outside perspective and that can look in and be very honest with you. I am honest with all of my clients. Good, bad, or indifferent. At the beginning of our relationship, I tell them, at times, you may not like what I'm going to say. And I understand that. I am looking out for the betterment for you guys to be successful. I always tell my my wonderful clients as well, I I don't plan on being with you forever and ever, amen. I'm going to teach you the tools and I want you to fly. And if you need me to come back to redirect, I'm going to be there. But we are together for a period of time. So a lot of times doctors think, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this consultant. They're going to be with me forever and sustainability and financial agreements. Um, our agency doesn't operate like that. Again, we will uh, teach you how to fish and then we want you to go off and be completely successful and we'll always be your biggest cheerleaders. Okay. So it's mainly like the communication that you want all the time, right? To yeah. let them know like, hey, yeah, be, because I remember we, we would have a lot of coaches and consultants, like even somewhere I'm like, where do you come from? Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I've never heard of some of these before. Like, I'm just like, where are you? Right. And so I never knew what they did in the sense of, oh, now we're just taking Medicaid or Medicare. You know what I mean? Now we're just doing something else. And I would see them kind of run through the door. And I remember our office manager sometimes or other people, they'd be like, yeah, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, they're not going to come in here and fix it. And I'm like, maybe if we were more flexible, it would have worked. Or maybe (laughs) if they knew what they were, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. Yes, it's very, very true. It's very, very true. I always love to give team members, I always like to let them know, I am joining to help you grow. A lot of times when team members hear the word consultant or business coach, they automatically think that they're not going to have a job. And that's scary. So of course, their defenses are already up. So when Chris, Marissa, or myself go into a practice, we always introduce us who we are. I give them my background. I always say to administrators, I used to do what you did. I know how important your role is. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to help you. And I want to support you. So you tell me, you had three things, three things you love in this practice. Tell me. And then they'll tell me. I said, okay, if you had three things that you want to make better in this practice, what are they? And I asked every single team member that question. And let me tell you, nine times out of 10, they're all saying the same thing. They might say it differently, but there's a common thread. And that's when I typically take that common thread back to the doctor and I say, okay, so this is what I'm hearing. 
this is what I'm seeing. But I like to let the team members know that I'm there for them. I want them to grow and for them to be successful. Mm, okay. I like that. Three common things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially if yeah. they're all like, what's this one person? Then you know, like, okay, maybe we got to get rid of that one person. Right. Whatever. Interesting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So these next questions are just to get into the head of someone who isn't totally involved on the clinical side of dentistry, working every day in the mouth, right? Yeah. What would you like to see more from a dentist? Oh, goodness. What I would love to see more from a dentist is look at your team members, be appreciative of your team members, and know that they are there every day, day in and day out, to make you better and to support you. I think a lot of times as dentists, we overlook that. They are so worried about um, overhead, right? Getting more new patients. How do I market myself better? There's so many things that they are thinking of. And a lot of times we really don't look inside and we really don't appreciate the team that is supporting us and helping us grow. So what I mean by that is I always tell my doctors once a quarter, do an activity with your team. Show them how much you appreciate them. My goodness, um, order coffee, things of that nature. It's the small things that really mean a lot. One workshop that we do, it's really great. We talk about values, uh, morals and values. And I learn while the doctor is there what their team member values. And some of the times the doctors sit back and they're like, I never knew that that's what they needed. That's what gets them going in the day. So I, I feel as though that type is um, really going to make it better for, for, the, for the dentist all the way around. Mm, okay. I like that. Like doing activities with them, letting them know you appreciate them, yeah. um, understanding that it is true. You need them. To, you know what I mean? You need them. Yeah. You need Build them. Up. They're important. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. So next question is right now, what do you dislike or hate about dentistry? Oh, goodness. That's a tough question. I would have to say uh, what I dislike with dentistry right now is um, everybody is looking for new patients, right? The, the dentists believe that more new patients I have is the bigger and better that I'm going to grow. And they miss that. They miss what's most important. What's most important is the current patients that you're serving. So what do I mean by that? Well, when your patients walk, the first question that your administrator needs to ask is, how was your visit today? That's such an important question. Because that one question, if they had a great visit and the patient responds, oh, it was awesome, it was great. That is so wonderful. We are accepting new patients. Do you know of anybody who's looking for a new dental home? And then again, active listener, don't say anything. Don't say anything. And if they say, well, you know, I don't know. Well, here's some of our cards. We love patients just like you. So if you do, please send them our way. What a beautiful compliment you just gave somebody, right? And positivity. They're going to go and they're probably going to tell other people. And bam, by organic growth, we're getting new patients. And I think that if dentists would take a moment and take a step back and really listen to what I have to say in regards to that, you would be amazed what you would get. Mm, doing that with every single patient, right? Every single patient. And it flows. It really does flow. Uh, at first, when you tell administrators to do this, they look at you and they say, 
I, I don't have enough time. That's what they say. I don't have enough time. You actually do have enough time. It really just rolls off so easily. Because you know Mrs. Jones. You know she's amazing. And you want more people like her. So give her that beautiful compliment and let her know. You guys are looking for new patients. And you want people just like her. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. So focus on the internal marketing kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then right now, what do you absolutely love about dentistry? What I love about dentistry is um, all the beautiful team members that I get to work with and the wonderful clients that I have. It's super important with our agency. We focus on the quality of our clients, not the quantity. The quantity doesn't define us. What definitely defines us is the quality. I love the fact that um, my clients know they can call me whatever time, day or night, and I'm going to be there for them, even on the weekend. I cherish them. I cherish our relationship. I love the fact that they were like a, they opened their kimono for me to come into their practice and to help them succeed. So being an open dentist, it really does open you up to so many capabilities and possibilities. It's pretty awesome. That's what I really love about dentistry now. Nice. How does, let me ask you, side note, how does that affect your, I guess, like personal life? If they're always like, you call me no matter what, whenever, all the time. What does that look like? Oh, it's great. It really is. Uh, A lot of times they don't always take me up on that. However, if it's a 911 emergency, they know that I'm going to be there. You know, Chris, Marissa, and myself, we do like to spend time with our families and out of town. The beauty about our working relationship is that we will cover for one another as well. So we communicate if somebody's going to be non-available, that person, the other coach, will be responsible to take those calls. So I try to kind of balance it the best as possible. But again, it comes down to the quality of my clients and not the quantity. I I love them all dearly and I want to take the very best care of them. So whatever it takes. Yeah, that's nice. That's wonderful. And then to you, thinking of the general population, what needs to change for people to be more open to dentistry? Well, you know, unfortunately, we live in a populace where we have a lot of patients who are very fearful of the dentist. And so they won't go. And I'd like to think that, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, COVID actually brought a lot of attention to this because it's the oral cavity, right? Oral cavity is the gateway to your systemic health. And so what I'm really, really hoping is is that people will take their oral health very seriously. So where does that come from? It actually comes from, um, you know, children being in school and they have a hygienist come in and they talk about cleaning. Uh, You as a parent, if you have a high fear of the dentist, embrace your child to take them. Find a great dentist that suits you as a patient. When you call a dental office, ask specific questions. Ask them how long have they been in dentistry? What do they specialize in? Uh, Do they do sedative dentistry? Uh, let, Let the administrator know if you're high fear, you know, gosh, I just don't like coming to the dentist right? And find that right practice that's going to love you and support you and help you in your dental journey. Okay. I like that a lot. And then what's one of the best advice you've ever received that you can share with our listeners? Oh, in general? In general. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In general. um, You know, 
one of our dental coaches, uh, Chris Hannibal, this one is the best for me. I've gotten better. I've gotten better. I was not the person who was always on time, right? Mm-hmm. And I love her philosophy. If you're on time, you're late. So you need to be early, and that's considered on time. I think that that was actually the best piece of advice she has ever given to me and has shown me. Because for me, when you're early to something, it shows that person that you're meeting, hey, I'm here, undivided attention, I'm waiting for you, I'm excited to meet you. So I always like to live with that that theory of, if I'm early, I'm on time. Yeah. And I'm winning. And it shows that person that they're very important. Nice, wonderful, awesome. Amy, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Oh, yes, you can. You can go to www.dentalpracticemanagementagency.com and you will find myself, Marissa Nicholson, and Chris Hamilton. Awesome. So, guys, that's going to be in the show notes below. And, Amy, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure, and we'll hear from you soon. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I truly appreciate you. And Amy, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to pick your brain a little bit more. Guys, if y'all have any questions or concerns for Amy, then you can do so. You can ask her any questions. You can go in the show notes below and uh, reach out to her with any of the links that she's provided. Or you can join the free Facebook group, The Dental Marketer Society. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you there. You can talk to me, to any of the guests. You can join in on the conversation and connect with all of us. Have any, If you have any questions, requests, or feedback, that's the place that you want to be, especially if you want to feel a little bit more closer to the podcast. So I invite you to join that Facebook group. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes below. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsors for this episode, which is Dandy. Uh, guys, Go in the show notes below, click on the first link you see in the show notes below or the image. If you decide to go with Dandy, you're going to get a free scanner and $250 in lab credits just for being a listener of the Dental Marketer Podcast. So if you want to support the podcast, go ahead and do that right now. Just go in the show notes below and click on the first link and schedule a free demo and see what you think. See what you think. And if you like Dandy, you'll get that exclusive deal just for you. Uh, Now, for the quote for this episode... It's from Will Gadara, the book Unreasonable Hospitality. Like I told you guys, honestly, that book has become one of my favorite books. I think everybody should read it, especially just in general. (laughs) I think everybody should read it, actually. But I'm going to give you a quote. Sometimes magic is just someone spending more time on something than anyone else might reasonably expect. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you in the next episode.